You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Welcome to Team Talk, Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser, hour number two. We're here till seven tonight. Scott Galetti will join us in the six o'clock hour, but uh, sad news in the top five at five. I'll let Sam Hauser take it away. It's time for the Hinkle Law Office's Top 5. Hinkle Law Office is representing motorcycle riders across New Mexico since 1990. Visit HinkleLawOffices.com. Take it away, Sam Hauser. Yeah, surprising amount of college football news for the end of January. But yeah, here we like, are. what's up with that? A lot of college football news today, especially in this first part of top five when we get to who's in who's out who's in is always up first and yesterday espn's pete thamel put out the report for some reason it took about almost 24 hours for the university to make this one official but it is done now from the university of arizona coach danny gonzalez gonna be the wildcats special teams coordinator and linebackers coach which means he's going to be working for one of his former mountain west peers Remember, former San Jose State coach Brent Brennan just got that job, and one of his first hires, Coach Danny Gonzalez. Yeah, and those guys go back a while. I remember when they were playing each other, they talked about their friendship uh, together. But, like, what a a great place for Coach G to land. Back in Arizona. Uh, Yeah, his wife is from Arizona. Uh, Yeah, the Southwest is the part of the country he loves. He's playing for a program that was a top, or he's coaching at a program that was a top 15 program last year. So all things considered, you know, when they renegotiate, when they, you know, the, the parted ways, uh, there was an agreement where uh, his buyout would be a certain amount of money, but he was able to pursue other jobs and that wouldn't count against uh, the money that UNM was giving him. So this will... All work out pretty nicely, uh, is my guess, for Coach G, Sam. Congratulations, Danny. Absolutely. Yeah, back in the coaching ranks. And yeah, back at a program that was one of the biggest surprise stories in all of college football last year. Arizona, double-digit win season, ranked in the top half of the AP poll, got to a big bowl game, and now Coach G and Coach Brent Brennan going to be on the same sideline now there in Tucson. Moving on with college football news, Oregon Ducks football coach Dan Lanning in town yesterday. Coach Lanning coming into town to visit La Cueva, football linebacker, safety, just defensive player all around. Mason Posa shared a picture on his Twitter with Coach Lanning and Ducks linebackers coach Brian Mikulowski. Wouldn't that be some big time? I mean, we see college commitments, college offers all the time, but that's a big one to have here in town. Dan Lanning. Yeah, no doubt about it. When, uh, you know, the Coaches from programs like head coaches from programs like uh, Oregon come to town. Uh, yeah, n- not that common. Let's just say that. But we have a bunch of Division One prospects here in the metro area, and of course, uh, Mason Posa is one of them. Talk about an athlete, Sam. Uh, he's a junior now at La Cueva. He is already the two-time defending state championship and ch- champion in re- wrestling. At uh, his freshman year, he, he was in the uh, 160 weight class. His sophomore year, he was in 189, so 29-pound jump from his freshman to sophomore year. 
Now he's wrestling at 215, and he already won the, the Joe Vivian uh, Invitational, which is like the state tournament to wrestlers here uh, at this part of the year. So what an athlete. And, uh, man, you know, to have that Oregon head coach come into town big time there, Sammy. Big time, yeah, the Oregon coach, the linebackers coach. Cowboys fans will know exactly what I'm talking about. I just I, I get big Marquise Bell vibes from Mason Posa. Just a guy who you can put at linebacker. He can rove around. He's quick enough. He's got good enough movement where he can play a little bit of safety. He can move around. I mean, obviously, it's different going from high school to college to the NFL, and they'll find a good spot for him. But just what he does on the football field now at La Cueva, no doubt he's got a great career ahead of him. Well, bringing it back, uh, back to the Mountain West, there is something in the water up there in Boise, whether it's gold that prospectors are finding digging through the through the lakes through the water whatever's there in Boise whatever's potatoes. going on the potatoes or something something a little bit extra maybe whatever's going on Boise State just this month has got two transfers who were former five-star recruits <laughs> out of high school I know well there was the quarterback that came over from USC Malachi Nelson who was the number one number one recruit on ESPN's top 300 last year Spent his freshman year at USC, went in the portal. He's at Boise. Now, last night, the Broncos get a commitment from wide receiver Chris Marshall, former five-star recruit out of Missouri City, Texas. So, talking about playing some big-time ball there in Missouri City, Texas. He originally committed to Texas A&M over the likes of USC, Bama, Tennessee, Oklahoma State, and others. He ends up transferring to Ole Miss last summer but was dismissed for violating team uh, for violating team rules before he was able to play his first game with the Rebs. It was unclear what he did, but he had to sit out a year, so he played some Juco ball. So this is kind of a case of a guy getting maybe a last chance to play college football, but however you chalk it up, dude was a former five-star recruit, and now he's going to be playing for Boise. Yeah, and that's good for the league, Sam. I mean, I, I know, uh, you know, I, I'm glad that we, you know, I mean, I want... Th- you know, these Power 5 guys to be coming to New Mexico for sure. But, you know, that's what you're going to see now. There's so many players, so many football players that are like the volume of, of football players is almost like eight times that of, of college basketball players, right? You know? Right. And so inevitably, you're just going to see tons of guys in the portal and inevitably guys like that are high star p- players at a high school we're going to be finding their way here, and hopefully they more of them find their way to New Mexico. Well, and, and that's what I've always tried to tell people about the portal, where people feel like the Lobos are in this place where, or I shouldn't even just say people here, but there, there's this big talking point around where we are in college football with the haves and the have-nots, and all that ever happens here is anytime we get a good player, we're going to lose them to a bigger school. Well, in the same way that that we've been having these conversations about what happens in the in the transfer portal, where it's only about half of the guys that go in find other places to play, a conference like the Mountain West is a perfect place. If you know, hey, it you know, the timing's not right, and you didn't get to go to the place that you wanted to, there's a spot for you here where you can shine. And you know that the each of the schedules include games against uh, Oregon State and Washington they sure State, do which now. weren't on the. Yeah, Wazoo coming before. to the Wazoo coming to University Stadium this fall. All right, Sam, I'm sitting down. Uh, who is out? Yeah, well, we got talking about players leaving and going the other way. One person who, as of today, will not be on the field when Wazoo comes to University Stadium. This one really does hurt. There's always a possibility. The more time that passed, the more we were hoping maybe he was going to stay. But reports coming out this morning that Jacory Krosky Merritt 
has gone into the portal. I mean, you wonder why wait now until January 25th, but whatever the reasons are. Now, I do want to point out, he does have a little bit more flexibility because he is a, he's now a grad transfer, and the portal rules for grad transfers are totally different than everybody who's an undergrad, where you have a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more time to maybe make a decision. So, clearly, Ja'Cory Kroski-Merritt weighing his options and deciding that the plan now is for him to hit the portal. Silver lining in this, we have seen already at least one or two Lobo football players that went into the portal and decided to come back. So there's nothing that says Bill can't come back. But as it stands today, after this breakout season, four years at Alabama State, goes on to the national scene here at New Mexico. At the very least right now, he's going to explore his options. And he um, and he's could not it. have finished the season any stronger. I mean, last three, four games of the year. Uh, you know, he looked, you know, they were comparisons of him to a variety of different running backs out there. I mean, uh, I have a feel, well, and he, he's going to attract some interest. Let's just put it that way. All right, what is number four, Sammy? Four. 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 All right, to some basketball. Lobo women getting it done last night at the pit. The, dic- the dictionary definition of holding on to a lead and closing out strong Lobo women beat Fresno State 84-77 at the pit. Lobos shoot just under 70% from the floor in the fourth quarter, and going, including going 3 of 5 from deep, a couple big threes along the way. You get a new career high, 24 points for Nia Wilson, passing the mark of 23 that she scored last week against Wyoming, setting new highs left and right. Paula Reyes with her first career 20-point game against a Mountain West opponent, going 4-4 four of four from behind the three-point line in that game. So looking at the Lobos now, first four Mountain West games that they played this season, they averaged 62 points, which is, you know, we were kind of feeling in this place of they're going to play, try to play games low and lean on their defense. First four Mountain West games, they averaged 62 points. The last three with the wins over Wyoming, ranked UNLV, and now Fresno State. 73, so that's a plus 11 difference. Yeah, and Reyes had a sequence where the the game was like really up in the air. It was going either way. There was a loose ball. If Fresno gets it and converts, you know, then the Lobos are, are really going to be feeling some heat. Instead, uh, Reyes gets on the floor, is able to come up with the loose ball, passes it to Augment. Reyes gets up off her feet, is open for a three at the end of the shot clock. All net, and that was the biggest possession of last night's game in that Lobo win. Again, the Lobo women now 5-2 and two on the season. What else, Sammy? All right, on the men's side for the Mountain West, Lobos get it done 95-75 to 75 at San Jose State last night on CBS Sportsnet. It was a late 9 o'clock tip-off, but if you stayed up, you were rewarded for it plenty with some high-level basketball. First time since the 2011-2012 season that the Lobo men win four consecutive Mountain West games by double digits, and so I went back and looked at that season. They actually did it seven times in a row that year. Double-digit wins seven seven times in a row. Seven times in a row, double-digit wins against Mountain West teams, and there were a few big ones in there. There were a couple of times where they won by 10, but I'm looking at it here, and I see a 39-point win at Air Force, a 26-point home win against, yes, then TCU Okay. in the conference, a 30-plus point win against Colorado State, 20. I mean, so yeah, they, no, they were big, I see what you're wins. saying. Yeah, I mean, what was the record of that team that year? Do that you have team that? went 
28 and 6. 28 and 6 that year. Made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. And lost to, you got that? I, yep. I, I'm I, you, guess you, almost, I, you already said it. Louisville. Yeah. Yeah, and that was up, I think, in Sacramento, if I remember correctly. Close. It, where was it? Portland. Portland. Okay. It was one up. possession lost to Louisville. Rick, Rick Patino in Louisville. Yeah. Yeah, that was how close the Lobos got to making it to the Sweet 16. We've heard that story yeah. before. Anything else there, Sam? All right. One other game last night. Nevada wins at home against Colorado State, 77-64. to So the Wolfpack snapping their three-game skid in emphatic fashion. Now Colorado State falls to 0-3 away from Moby Arena in conference play this year. And a big part of that. Isaiah Stevens held to just eight points in a game-high 37 minutes. He only had two points at halftime as Nevada gets the win on their side. A few games where you had their their top players just not able to have a good game on the same night. It was one or the other or neither of them, whatever it was. Well, the Wolfpack's one-two punch of Jared Lucas and Keenan Blackshear lead the charge with a combined 58 points on 73% shooting between the two of them. So now the Lobos, they're off until Sunday's game against Nevada at the pit. And Nevada, same thing. That's their next game Sunday night, 8 o'clock at the pit. Yeah, and that was anything but a runaway game for Nevada. I mean, that was like a, a really good watch. But it was to, one they had to have. They they had to have it. That's why I was curious to see how they would react, you know, to that pressure. I mean, they, there was Coach Alford and company had their game face on. And, yeah, for them to... Get off to the start they had. Fringe top 25 team. Lose three straight. We're on the verge of losing four with the trip to New Mexico. Uh, That was a pivotal win for them last night against the Colorado State team that had worked its way back into the top 25. Former Nevada coach Eric Musselshirt. Arkansas Razorbacks. They're having a great year, huh? No. I mean, geez, a Lou. What happened? Arkansas has completely fallen out of relevance. This is a team, 2021-22, they go to the Elite Eight a couple years in a row. Last year, they lose in the Sweet 16 to the eventual national champion, UConn Huskies. Last night, they lose by 26 at Ole Miss. 26-point loss at Ole Miss. Arkansas 1-5 in the SEC. And the five losses by an average margin of 22.5 points. For poor muscle shirt. Yeah, and it just seemed like that that was the program that everybody was going to have to keep an eye on in the SEC there for a while. I mean, that that tells you, you know, you talk about Musselman, you talk about McCronin at UCLA. You you can't ever get too comfortable uh, as a Division One basketball coach unless your name is Bill Self. That's that's uh, right. or Tom Izzo. Yeah, you or get a lifetime like contract. That. Yeah, um, so. Uh, yeah, this is an example of, of how hard it is to do it, like, not only week after week, but year after year. All right, Sammy, what is uh, number three? three? Well, speaking of getting it done year after year, we're going to talk to Volcano Vista boys basketball coach Greg Brown here in about 20 minutes. Talk some Volcano Vista hoops, talk some some Lobos hoops with him from the perspective of, of a basketball coach. So, Get caught up on some high school hoops with everybody settled back into their regular schedules now after the Metro Championships. Get caught up on some high school hoops, although Volcano Vista going right back to the Metro Championships because they're doing an NBA playoff series with Cleveland in the middle of their regular season. Played them again last night. Fourth time. Fourth time this season. Greg Brown and the Hawks play Cleveland. 
68 to 46 Volcano Vista. Yeah, but yeah, they similar to I actually was a wider margin than the game you called when they were playing in the Albuquerque oh, by far. Metro Tournament. Yeah, yeah so uh, yeah, they, they did get beat by Cleveland early in the year in Hobbs, but have had a couple of times to revenge that loss, and they've they've been able to do it. Anything else? Yeah, nice win for West Mesa last night. 63-55 in uh, West Mesa. The Mustangs, an eight-point win over La Cueva. At La Cueva, At too. At La Cueva, Good. yeah. Congrats to the Mustangs, Coach Schreier and company. Big, big win for West Mesa. Trisco Heritage, who was in the semis of the Metro Tournament, put up 83 to beat Cibola. Rio Rancho, nine-point win over those Hilltoppers from Los Alamos. That's all on the boys' side. On the girls' side, Bulldog City getting a win. Albuquerque High, 38-33 over the Santa Fe Demons. Rio Grande also coming away with a dub against a team from the state capital. Ravens, 68-45 over the Capital Jaguars. A couple good ones tonight. Rio Rancho added Trisco Heritage in a big-time 4A matchup. Highland and the Academy Chargers going at it later tonight. Well, there you go. A lot of good high school hoops going around town. Get out there and check it out. No uh, Mountain West games on the tube. Not till Saturday, right? That's, yeah, not till Saturday. Got a full slate Saturday. Three of the four games kind of eh. But in the afternoon, Utah State and Boise Saturday afternoon. Utah State at Boise? Utah State at Boise. The other three kind of... And if you want to watch that, you CBS, Big Boy CBS? You know, I, I really hadn't thought too much about this as far as the whole conference goes until looking at that one. Pretty much every... every certainly in Mountain West play, pretty much every game for the Lobos on TV. A lot of games that aren't on TV. And that one's on the Mountain West Network. It's a crime... But, yeah, Mountain West Network, Utah State and Boise, Saturday uh, afternoon. Uh, we'll find it. We'll find it oh, somehow. Oh, absolutely. All right. Um, so, uh, what is number two, Sammy? Two. All right, big day today for NFL coaching news as well. The Carolina Panthers bringing in a division rival, hiring Tampa Bay Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales. Panthers last week promoted assistant GM Dan Morgan to the head spot. He and Canales worked together for eight years in Seattle during those Super Bowl years with Russell Wilson and the Legion of Boom, so they know each other. They're getting back together. Speaking of Seattle, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn had his second interview with the Seahawks today. Of course, he was that that's where he really got his start in coaching, was the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks during those Legion of Boom years, led that to a coaching job in Atlanta. Now looking to uh, he might go back to Seattle. As for the Atlanta Falcons, they did not, after all that, did not reach a deal with Bill Belichick somehow. And this is a team, get this, I don't know if I've ever seen this before. The Falcons interviewed 14 people for that head coaching job. I mean, you want to talk about playing chess while the rest of us are playing checkers. He blew. They blew the Rooney rule out of the water. Technically, there's no rule against how many people that you can interview to try to say, hey, what would you do differently? What would you do differently? What would you do differently? Hey, it helps. <laughs> Try to point you in the right direction. Keep track of all these guys. But after all of that, Bill Belichick was not one of them. This was ESPN's Adam Schefter on the latest on Belichick earlier today. In this particular case, the Falcons have shown that they are interested in a lot of people. And in their own words, they described to me over the weekend that their coaching search after they met with Belichick for a second time is wide open. So if it's wide open after you've met with Belichick twice... That certainly tells you that he's not the favorite for the job. And if you if he brought, if he came in for a second interview and he interviewed fourteen people, 
you probably don't want to coach there necessarily anyway. <laughs> if you got a second interview and they're still doing that much, well, it's not Belichick, the Atlanta Falcons, going with L.A. Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. He's going back to Atlanta where he was an assistant coach for six seasons up until the end of the 2020 campaign. Now going in his second run with the Falcons now as the head coach. Kellen Moore, former Cowboys offensive coordinator, of course the Chargers OC. Kellen Moore interviewed in Philly for their open offensive coordinator job. Today, speaking of the Eagles, our beloved goofball Nick Sirianni. Nothing has been made official yet, or certainly it's not clear, but it sounds like there might be a shift into some of his roles, exactly how much of a print Nick Sirianni is going to have on the Eagles in 2024, and he was asked about it at a recent presser. Nick, if the, if the offensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the offense and the defensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the defense, what is your role going to be? The head coach you know, of the football what team. What does that entail? How, how does it change? I guess... What you know, it'd be this very similar to what's going on right now. You know, does that mean I'll sit more into defensive meetings at times, maybe, right? Instead of always being in an offensive meeting, maybe I go to a defensive meeting here and there. Um, but my job is to be the head coach of the team, not the head coach of the offense, not the head coach of the defense, not the head coach of the special teams, but be the, be the head coach of the football team. Well, that clears that up. God, we got that all settled. All right, what is number one, Sammy? One. one. By far the biggest and really the only coaching matters that uh, coaching news that really matters today. Jim Harbaugh, now the head coach of the LA Chargers. It is a done deal. Jim Harbaugh coming back to the NFL to coach the Chargers. Couple different places to go with this, but one thing that that really you start to think about this with all the unprecedented stuff going on in college football and all these changes, everything that's hard to wrap your head around the last couple years in college football. This one really hammer, hammers home the point. There's only one coach of the four coaches that were in the college football playoff. Only one is coming back next year, and that's Steve Sarkeesian with the Texas Longhorns. The other three have new jobs. Only one coming back. I mean, you, all the success. You know, you were college football. You lose one game, your season goes into a tailspin. You work, you do all that work to get to the playoff, and of the four. Sark's the only one that's coming back. Yeah, and you know we had Zach in here, and I, you know I he I don't think he came totally clean with us because I had a feeling that I think he knew that uh, Harbaugh was going to uh, the Chargers here because every time I we were asking him about him, he kept going back to I know he's always said he wants to win a Super Bowl. I know he always says he wants to win a Super Bowl. Well, now he's going to have that opportunity. We know he came close, got to the Super Bowl against his brother John. But now, if you know, I'm sure it's exactly what Zach said. You know, Harbaugh wants to win a Super Bowl. He just won a national championship. That's the only thing that he has to check off of his list. All right. Nice job on top five there, Sammy. That's tonight's Hinkle Law Offices Top 5. Hinkle Law Offices representing motorcycle riders across New Mexico since 1990. Visit HinkleLawOffices.com. I do just want to play this here because you mentioned Zach and and he told us some great stories on Tuesday about some of his recruiting visits, about what uh, about what Texas did, about what Michigan did, about what the Tennessee Volunteers did. I had never heard that one before, but yeah, the Vols putting up a recruit for a visit for him. Well, this was ESPN college football uh, football reporter Pete Thamel on Michigan's efforts to keep Jim Harbaugh, and it was kind of like a recruiting visit. 
Michigan all but did like an airplane fly over the big house saying their contract offer to Jim Harbaugh these last couple of weeks. They certainly administratively, Santa Ono, the president, and obviously uh, Ward Manuel, the athletic director, really want that fan base to know they tried to keep Jim Harbaugh. It was impossible to keep him. He, this was this was fait accompli for, for many reasons before. You know what the ironic thing about that is that there were years where Michigan fans wanted no part of Jim Harbaugh. He had said some things when he was coaching at Stanford, I believe, or something, and those fans were like, we don't ever want him back. Well, he they, now they he's warmed a up to man. him. Yeah, they they warmed up to him big time uh, there, and you can't blame. I mean, like I'm sure the donations, the NIL money is coming in from everywhere, and Michigan doesn't want that momentum to stop. So they have to make it very, very clear that, like you know, it wasn't from any shortcomings that they had in their offer. It wasn't from lack of trying. It, it, it wasn't from lack of trying, and I think that point has been made because I think anybody with uh, common sense knows that, like, Harbaugh did want to get back to the league, and this was the perfect time for him to get back to the NFL. All right, speaking of the NFL, we'll talk more NFL when we come back, including our last Cowboy update of the season. We know the Cowboys are long gone, but a couple of their players picked up some pretty neat honors, and we'll go through that 